Come on, son, 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 son. <laughs> Grab the yams on the What up, y'all? This is Ed Lover. Welcome to Come On, Son, the podcast. My guest this week, Mr. Andrew Barber, and we're going to talk hip-hop, blogging, fake short drive, bundling, all of that shit. And this is brought to you by Complex Con. Y'all know Complex Con is coming to Chicago. Big up the Complex for even allowing me to do this, man. It's part of our summer series uh, with Complex Con. Complex Con is coming to Chicago. You know you can win tickets. I've been telling y'all this for the last couple of weeks. Just by hitting me on Come On Son the Podcast at gmail.com and telling me why you feel like you should go to ComplexCon. And I have a winner, Kyle Hyde Sox. He says, my name is Kyle Hyde Sox, and I am the co-founder of The Rap Hippies. We are a media collective that are based in Atlanta. We cover festivals, artists, entrepreneurs, industry pros, and anyone else that pushes the culture forward. We love hip-hop and even more so the true essence of it. We love uh, lyrics, production, and everything that makes a project or song worth listening to. We also pride ourselves in being extremely meticulous on the music we promote. We are crate diggers by nature and really don't gravitate towards too much mainstream when there's so much great music that's not on the radio. We are so passionate and come with a different perspective on the culture. Since we have been a media collective, we have grabbed the attention of the Hype Magazine and Gary V's one 37 p.m. and I've written articles for their outlets as well. If we're awarded passes to come to Complex Con this year in Chicago, we will take full advantage of networking and promoting such a great event. Our sole mission is to get the masses to look at hip-hop different, ratchet or not. It's important to have young black journalists controlling the media narrative in the hip-hop community, and we are exactly that. We are one-stop shop when it comes to vlogging, editing, writing, and promotion. We could put you on some great artists too. Come on, son. We deserve it more than anyone. You're absolutely right. Anybody that's a crate digger, anybody that really cares about the promotion, the music, the lyrics, the production is all right with me. Matter of fact, I will be honored if I can put your tickets in your hand. You just got those tickets to ComplexCon. You're going. It's my pleasure to do it for you. I loved your email. I love the passion in which you had in your email. Like I told you, though, I'm not paying for your goddamn trip to Chicago. That's on you. But you do got those tickets to ComplexCon, and I will see you there. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, it's time for Come On Inside the Podcast, Mr. Andrew Barber from Fake Shore Drive. <laughs> Come on, son, son. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. Yes. Come yeah, on, son, yeah. the podcast. And, and Mr. Andrew Barber's in the building hey. with me. How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for coming by, man. Tell me tell me about Fake Shore Drive. Tell me, give me the whole entire story okay. on Fake Shore okay. Drive. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll take it back from the beginning because I was like, all right, if I got a chance to hang out with Ed Lover, I'm coming. Okay. Because, you know, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for UMTV Raps. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, from, you know, when I was a kid, that's, you know, really my, one of my first introductions to hip-hop. When you couldn't get it, when you could only get it, like, two or three places. Right. You know? It wasn't um, really widespread on television whatsoever, and not a lot of radio stations outside of New York right. had any kind of stretching Bobito or, you know, or Cool DJ Red Alert or Molly Mall, mm -hmm. a lot of that. Uh, Teddy Ted and Spectricator Awesome too. That didn't exist in every city and every state in this no. country. No, and I was at in Indiana time. at the time, so there was really nothing. What what part of Indiana? Outside of Indianapolis, a okay. place called Anderson is mm -hmm. where I was at the time. And you know, I used to, you know, I would watch Fat Five Freddy on the weekends, and then you guys would come on during the week. Yeah, um, and then eventually you would do the weekends as we, well. We, the countdown show was on right. the weekends. Right, Fab right, right. Is, Fab is the catalyst for everything. 
Right. Your own TV raps, like being the first official host of mm-hmm. TV raps. Man. And I and I remember, you know, the Ed Lover dance. Every Wednesday, like Wednesday. work. <laughs> Every Wednesday. What was your favorite video, man, that we used to play? What did you gravitate toward? Oh, man, toward? That's, so, that's so tough because I would have to go year by year. Um, you know, I think one of the one of the biggest things that I that I remember was like when when you guys premiered like the mystery of chess boxing video. Okay. Wu-Tang. Like I, I I just remember that video and I remember like when you had the you know, the cream video and all the Wu Tang stuff was like really memorable. I so you kinda gravitated towards the grittier stuff? Yeah, yeah. More yeah, so yeah. than the Tone Lokes and Young MCs. Yeah, I, and- I mean I was watching back then, like the first cassette tape that I ever had was DJ Jazzy Jeff. And the Fresh Prince, he's a DJ, I'm the rapper. Wow. That's what got me into it. You gotta shout like, Jeff out right now. His sister just passed away, yeah, man. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and big shout out to Jeff, man. May his sister uh, Boots rest in peace. A very integral part of his upbringing yeah. and his family. And uh, without her guidance and what she brought to him besides his parents, man, we, we would never know what we would have got because she was very instrumental in being behind him and pushing him to pursue his dreams as a DJ. And he's definitely one of the best I've ever seen in my right. life. And, you know, his son's a DJ now. Oh, wow. Corey. And oh, I know wow. his son. And so I always thank him. I'm always like, man, tell your dad thank you. Because, yeah. you know, that that cassette is what changed my life. And eventually, like, you know, I would actually cha- I'll change my mind. Fight, the Fight the Power video is probably what really, really got me into wow. it. Wow. Because you guys used to show that video yeah. all the time. Yeah, we did. And, um, you know, then I started getting into, like, EPMD and uh, NWA and, and, and stuff like that. And, and that's just, I've been a, a hip-hop fan from, from that day out. Yeah, that's crazy. You know what I just discovered the other day? And um, it's funny, being such a hip-hop enthusiast that I am, I, I guess I should have known it, but I don't think I paid much attention to it. And I'll say this right now, he'll hear me. <laughs> He's going to be surprised. But I didn't really pay. It was a few hits on Ice-T's Home Invasion album. Yeah. I yeah. didn't pay attention to the to the 99 Problems record, and then I just recently discovered that that's where Jay-Z got it from. Right, right. And I mean, it says, and then it's funny because Ice-T's real name is Tracy Morrow. He's down as a writer on Jay-Z's he has record. A, he has a credit on it. As a writer. Right, yeah. Yeah, because- Probably gets uh, pub it, on it, too. Yeah, and, and getting pub on it, too, <laughs> yeah. because that entire line, word for word, if you're having girl problems, I feel bad for your son, I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one was written by Ice-T. Mm-hmm. And Amazing. I think Bun B has writing credit on that song, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Because uh, there's a line or two in there that he that he took from a UGK. Okay. Not a hoe in the sense of half a note. Yeah. That line was yeah. a Bun B line. Yeah, so. absolutely. That's a Bun B line. Um, so that's interesting. But, um, you know, to, to, to take it back, yeah, the Home Invasion, The I like the cover art on that. Oh, you're talking about the Power album with Darlene? No, no, no. The You're talking about the Ice-T Home Invasion album. Yeah. It had, like, the white kid. At home listening, it yes, was a drawing. Yes, it was a crazy. Yes. I, I always thought Ice T had the best artwork, like his Iceberg Slim cassette yeah. tape. I had that. I had um, the Power OG. album. Yeah, yeah he OG, had really. Yeah. I really loved his album. Yeah, covers. big shout out to Ice T all the time. Ice T is actually the catalyst. He's the first West Coast gangster rapper. Yeah, was Ice T. In mm-hmm. WA, took it to another level because of Dre's amazing production. But Ice T was six in the morning. It was what really opened the door up for all the gangster rap. That came out of the way. Yeah, I mean that's how I, you know, that's yeah. how I always thought. Yeah, that's absolutely real, man. So tell me more about it, man. So you watching your own TV routes? You coming up outside of uh, Indianapolis? Yeah. So I was there, um, and I was just, you know, a hip hop fan. You know, started as a fan, and, and like I said, like you know, your own TV raps uh, was such an integral part to that because that, you know, other than 
you know, the source, Double XL wasn't even around at the time. You get like rap pages, but there wasn't a lot of access to music and only what you saw, if everything that you saw mm-hmm. was really controlled, right? Right. You guys had an hour, two hours, whatever. Right. And, you know, you could only fit X amount of videos into That's that. Right. Um, but it just, it led me to get deeper into it. And I knew I always wanted to do it in life. I always wanted to be, um, you know, work in hip hop in some capacity. Um, but, you know, without the internet at the time, it was difficult. It's like you had to go to New York. Like, <laughs> so everybody like had to go to New York and I always used to, um, you know, I would fax my resume to every label or, you know, every TV wow. network. And back then, like, you couldn't, like, you know, you couldn't look up somebody on the internet. You couldn't just Google somebody. Yeah, so, like, you I, you had to buy an album and look for the address for the yes, fax. Sir. That's and, right. and I would just send everything. Never got a response back. Uh, but I never, I never really quit trying to do that because I knew that's what I always wanted to do in some capacity, you know. Um, and I was just a lifelong fan. And about 12, 13 years ago, I, um, you know, I had been in Chicago for a long time at that point, and I. How'd you, I just, so how'd you move from where you were at to Chicago? Actually, I had got a job at a radio station. Okay. When I was in college. Okay. And uh, it was a alternative rock station mm-hmm. called Q101, and I and I'm not even an alternative rock fan. Never been a, a rock and roll fan or anything like that. But it was a foot in the door. Okay. So it got it got me a foot in the door to, um, you know. Uh, get in the in the in the radio industry and just because mm-hmm. I thought that it was maybe something I wanted to do right. was do like radio or whatever. So it got me a foot in the door, and um, you know I started learning radio and and how it worked and how to you know operate some of the stuff like mm-hmm. that. And um, you know I thought maybe I could get a job in radio, but I I didn't you know. <laughs> um, but I I just took a, I actually used to work right across the street from here. Wow. Um, I worked at a, right off Michigan Avenue. And I was selling advertising for a television network, National Geographic Channel. Okay. That's what I was doing it for. You know, I thought right. I could maybe, okay, well, if I can't get into radio, maybe I can get into TV. Right. But I didn't realize that, like, TV sales and, like, TV creative are two totally two different totally parts different that don't even really like each yeah. other. Yeah. You know, because they're yeah. telling them to do one thing. That's right. Et cetera. Sales so, is about sales. That's it. Make that money. Period. Period. And uh, they can compromise the creative sometimes. Creative, you know, they don't. the creative people don't want their input on that. Mm-mm, not at all. Long story short, um, you know, I, I still had that love for hip hop, and I, I just, I wasn't ready to let it go. I wasn't ready to just be like, all right, you know, I can't w- live my life and not make this my career. Mm-hmm. So how do I do it? Um, at the same time, it was the rise of blogs. This was like '06 ish, and I'm reading every blog, every rap blog that comes out, and I'm reading all these different bloggers, and I'm like, you know what? These people don't necessarily know more about hip-hop than I do. Mm-hmm. I know more, if not, you know, as much or not more. So, you know, I, I think I could take a stab at this. At the same time, you know, Chicago was kind of having a um, a bubbling moment locally, and I felt that it was weird that this being the third largest market in the United States didn't have a bigger presence in the hip-hop world. It was mm-hmm. always crazy to me. You know, we never really had a a big moment like, you know, New York, L.A., or even Atlanta had. It's right. crazy because it's such a big city. Who was, who was bubbling in Chicago? So, like, at, at that time, unless you were Kanye, Common, Lupe, or Twista, mm-hmm. you weren't getting any coverage. Like, there was, like, four not rappers even, Not there. even, like, Do or Die or... They were, but they had kind of, like, you know, B-Lo from Do or Die was in prison at that point. From, okay. He, he had caught a murder charge, so he was in jail at that time. So, like, a lot of those guys, like Crucial Conflict, they were still around, but they were, like, indie. Um, mm-hmm. So it was, like, a different... It was different. It was, like, a... Like, the groups that were kind of bubbling at that point were, like, uh, the Cool Kids, mm-hmm. if you're familiar with them. Yeah, of course. Like, Kid Sister, like, Floster Domus, Mano, Hollywood Holt. Um, then even, like, Bump J and Mickey Halstead and some uh-huh. of these other artists. 
and they they were doing cool stuff. Like they would do shows, and they would have a line around the like the Cool Kids, for example. They had this really unique sound to me, and it was um, it was retro, but it had a new spin on it. Mm-hmm. And they were doing shows and filling up, you know, three hundred person venues. Wow! And nobody knew about them wow. outside of Chicago. Right. And I thought that was crazy because these big artists that were getting all the write ups and the attention in the media could come here and they. You know, then you might be half full. But they would come here sporadically. Right. They weren't really representing Chicago the way it should have been. <laughs> no, nah, it was just it was just weird that these local artists were like obviously if you could put butts in seats, you're doing something right. Absolutely. And they were doing and I just was there was this thing happening and it was a it was multicultural, it was a lot of different people, and it was, you know, coming into new neighborhoods and starting new scenes. I just mm-hmm. it, it was it was it was fascinating and at the same time it was new, it was fresh and it wasn't being covered. So right. I just started writing about it. Oh wow! And that's how the blog Fake Shore Drive just took off. Why Fake um, Shore Drive? I get just, to take on Lake Shore, yeah, but why just, call it Fake Shore? I don't know. It just popped in my head one day. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? This is catchy. And once I told somebody that, they were like, what? they asked the same question. So right. every time that people would hear it, they would ask why. Right. And I'll just be like, it's a good conversation starter. It had right. nothing to do with saying anything was fake or whatever. Uh-huh. I was just, you know, using a play on a on, on Lakeshore Drive, right. like one of the most famous parts of right. Chicago land. And I knew it would be memorable, and mm-hmm. and people would always want to talk about it. And that's just it just randomly popped in my head one day, and I didn't necessarily would ever ever thought it would be big and become you know what it what it did, but um, you know it, I just kind of did it on a whim. Were you getting uh, a lot of love from the indie artists back then? trying to blog about them or were you just writing from your perspective on what you were seeing? No, yeah, I mean I, I was I was trying to show love mainly to like the people that didn't have deals, like the indie artists that were trying to come up, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like um cuz there weren't a lot of, you know, I think there was when Kanye blew up in like 2004, I think um you had like Ryan Fest got a deal, Mickey Halstead got a deal, Lupe got a deal, Common kind of mm-hmm. had his moment uh, like his second coming of his career, so to Twista. Right. And so labels came here and they signed a bunch of people and then they didn't put a lot of those people out. Oh, wow. And so then it was kind of like a down period. Right. Um, and so I was like, you know, it, it was an indie thing. People were using the internet at this point. And it was like, people don't have to go the traditional way of getting a deal, you know, shooting a video, trying to get it on MTV or whatever. You could utilize YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and the internet was still kind of like the blog era was in its infancy, but Around 2012 is when it really blew up, and that was when you had like Chief Keef and Chance the Rapper and Little Dirk and right. King Louie and Vic Mensa. Big and shout all out those to Little Dirk. My pastor just went um, to Atlanta and uh, helped Dirk get bail. Yeah, for a, a shooting that your took pastor place did. In yeah, my pastor yeah. Corey Brooks. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. On yeah. behalf of Dirk, so big yeah. shout out to Dirk. We were Pay actually forward, the first. Brother. We were actually the first uh, site to ever cover Dirk. I gave Dirk his first interview. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so that's what we were doing. We were I was, you know, finding these these incredible artists from here that how were just, they were their names being mentioned to you and you would listen to the music or Yeah, yeah, and I would find or you know, I might get a video with 2 300 views at the time it was brand uh-huh. new and I'd be like, "Okay, this is something." Right. You know, I just always kind of had a good eye and a good ear for it mm-hmm. just based on being a fan for so long. And I think that's right. why I was successful at it. It was because you know, I just I, I I have a trained eye and ear just for you, studying the craft. How do you for so filter through the bullshit? It's tough and it's dangerous. You know, <laughs> it, it's because it, people they want to know the truth. They'll hit me up, OG. Let me know what you think about this, and I'll hit them back. And then that if it's not positive, it opens up a whirlwind of your hater. Fuck you don't even you. want it, 
Right. And I was like, would you ask me? I, I was minding my own business. You <laughs> sent it to me and you asked me about it. And I told you exactly what I thought about it. Like, if there's nothing special, I'm going to tell you, bro, I really think you could be more creative. But as it stands right now, there's nothing special about it. Right. And I think um, they don't want to hear the truth. They yeah, just they, they just, just want to hear they what they want the support. Yeah. Right. And they want you to maybe come on the show or give them a leg up somehow. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's yeah, what absolutely. they really want. Yeah, that's what they really are but asking for. I'm like, if 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 you're gonna ask anybody, if you're gonna ask Ed Lover for his opinion, his opinion is probably correct. He's seen more, he's done more. I'm gonna give you my honest to God's opinion because there's 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 people that they come out and whenever there's somebody that makes it to a certain level, you could tell that there's something special and different. Right about that artist. Mm-hmm. It's never the same thing. Like, I've watched everyone evolve from, from Jay-Z fast rapping, you know, to Jay to them making Jay-Z slow it down and become the Jay-Z that he is today. From from Nicki Minaj, where my man Fendi had her, and she was emulating Little Kim to when they went and went through Gucci Mane and, and then Cash Money and the, how she evolved. Right. So I've watched it all happen from 50 Cent's mixtape. So if I'm telling you as an artist, go back into the lab and try again. You should just take that as mm-hmm. constructive criticism and not get mad, especially when you ask me. I didn't find your <laughs> video and then comment on it. You know what I mean? Right. You asked me right. specifically, and I told you what I thought. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always the hardest part. And I, I don't like to you know, be mean to people, but if it's whack, it's whack. And I'm going to try it's to true. let you know in a nice way. I'm not going to totally shit on you, but I'm going to like let you but know. But if that. you think about it, everybody's made some whack shit. Yeah, for sure. And there's Even always established room to artists have made made some whack shit. One hundred percent. And you're usually not ready to come right out of the gate, and you don't blow up overnight. You know what what the saying is: it takes ten years to blow up overnight. Like it, like most people that take it and actually have long careers mm-hmm. have worked a long time at perfecting it and getting everything right. But yeah. in the internet age, what I've noticed is it can happen. It can happen overnight. Oh yeah, absolutely. That and that's where people get. But the sustainability is the problem when it happens like that. No. It, because it I'm looking at it like like right now, as you and I speak, there's a there's all of these new artists out there. There's all of there's like so many. Every time I go on 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 genius.com, I'm seeing something else. I I discovered Lil Nas X and actually put Krista, who's who's my producer and a mutual friend of ours. Yeah, I put her Chris. on Lil Nas X yeah. because he was just trending and I decided to take a listen. Mm-hmm. I was like, damn, this this record right here, I really like this record. I said, you need to check this kid out. And then there's so many new females that come out and so many new guys that come out a little this, a little that, a little baby, dub baby, all these babies, blue <laughs> face. And yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's hard to keep up with everybody. It's impossible. It's impossible. And it's just, it's hard to cut through the clutter. And yeah, that's, it is. And that's but what... then you look at somebody else and you'd be like, well, they was just hot like, like two years ago, like. I felt like we were going Wale crazy about two or three years ago. And I'm like, where's the new music from Wale? It kind of gets lost in the shuffle, all this new shit. Yes, yeah, there's just so much stuff. coming. It's, it, it's so hard to cut through the clutter now. And I feel like even the labels are, like, pushing everyone to, you know, come on, we need a hit. We need something really big. We need a viral moment. We need this. Right. And a lot of that stuff you can't plan. You know, and you, I think I can see through when people try to make viral moments and, like, let's try to make this viral. But it's like... You know, it's not authentic. The viral moments happen authentically. It's organic, man. 
Right. It's the, it, and, well, come on, son, is the most organic shit I've ever right. done. You probably, career. out of all the things you've ever done in your career, you probably didn't think that would be the thing that. And it's it's still to this day, I can't go nowhere while somebody going, come on, son. What was that? What year was that when that went super viral? I don't know, man. 07, 08, something 07, like that. 08 or something like that. Yeah, and it's all because of, uh, of my man. Um, my man was working with 50 Cent at the time, my man Nelson, Money Nels, in. He gave it to me. That's when thisis50.com was right. freaking yeah. huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just shot the video, man, and couldn't find a way to Chiron. If you, You're a big Yom TV Rides fan. So you remember we used to just flash the Ed Lover dance on yes. the bottom of the screen mm-hmm. and Chiron, people's names and stuff like that. So I couldn't, I didn't know how to do that with my little white Mac laptop. <laughs> so I just grabbed a piece of cardboard because I had just moved into my house and I wrote, come on, son, on it and flashed it. And I sent it to Nels and Nels put it on This Is 50. And the shit took off, and the comments were hurt. Man, the comments were murdering me. Like, there was hurt my feeling comments yeah, on there. Right. Fuck that old nigga. He don't know what he's talking about. Go sit down, Grandpa. <laughs> and Nels was like, Ed, the point is they watched it. Right. Fuck the comments. And that's the hardest part is realizing that. It's like, you know what? Like, you just got to take it sometimes. You just got to take that beating. through <laughs> my shit. So that's the only way you know what I said. Because you watched it. He right. was like, you got to keep doing this shit. Right. Fuck, fuck the haters. Yeah, fuck what they're fuck saying. Fuck the haters. Like, they don't even matter at the end of the day, no, really. No, because you know how it is as, as a blogger. You know, Everybody wants to have something to say. Everybody wants to speak their piece. And I give everybody the right to speak their piece. But at some point, you know, when you're just commenting, I feel like this as a man. I don't know how everybody else was raised, but I was raised this way. I'm not going to get on your feed and talk about your shirt. <laughs> like to me as a man, yeah, like a grown just, man, just, that's just some shit you just don't. Right. I don't like. I don't like your shirt. Stop wearing them sneakers like that. Leave that to the young boys. And now I tell them, go look at my video from '88 and you're on TV raps. So look at what kind of sneakers I right. got on. You think that changed because I get older? Like, come on, dude. Right. I started this. It's like you know, yeah. Have have some damn respect. Have some respect. I started this. You I started even, this. Shit. Like you, you wouldn't, wouldn't even know what Carl Canal was if I wasn't right. wearing it on your on TV. Right. Yeah. Like, get the fuck out of here. And that's why I ran up on you. I saw Chris at Lollapalooza. We were watching L Cool J, and I ran up on you. I was so excited to see you. I tried to talk to you. You were like, "Not right now, man. Not right now." So I'm like, <laughs> you know, what? I'm gonna wait to talk to Ed when I have the the, the right oh, chance to cool, talk to man. him. I was in the LL moment right there. I man. was too. Because isn't it isn't it wonderful to see somebody that started in what eighty. Four, yeah, eighty four when he first came out at sixteen yeah. years old, mm-hmm. still doing it to this day on television and film, and still could go and do Lollapalooza and have a bunch of people. There's not a all lot the of people, people that, that can were, say that. It was crazy. You know I, what I tell everybody all the time? Uh, speaking of LL, I tell everybody Drake is the modern day LL Cool J. Yeah, I think it's and I've tweeted that before. I think it's like he kind of took the blueprint. You know, LL like kind of made that blueprint where he could. He could, he could, he could, he could go to battle. He could win a battle. Yes, sir. He, the ladies loved him, and the dudes respected him, and wanted right. to be him. Yeah, I think like even Tupac to an extent took some of that blueprint. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nelly for sure, absolutely. And then Drake has really absolutely perfected it. Yeah, uh, Drake is absolutely LL reincarnated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To the T. And you said Pac. Yeah, absolutely. Nelly. Absolutely, Ja Rule to a certain right. degree. I mean, a, 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 they, they took elements. Not, not yeah. to say they, but they took elements from the LL playbook. But Drake because, is the closest, man. Drake is the yeah. closest. And I'm telling you something, and I keep saying this, and, and everybody think I'm crazy. If that boy seriously puts his foot into acting, he's going to be the biggest star that we've ever seen. Hundred When he's ready to do it. When he's ready to do it, because he comes from that world. Mm-hmm. When he's ready to say, okay, I'm going to chill with the music just a little bit, but I'm going to turn out 
these films, he's going to be bigger than he's going to be bigger than Pac could have been. He's going to be bigger than Will Smith. Mark my words, he's going to be the biggest actor rapper we've ever seen mm-hmm. because that's his background yeah. automatically, and he's good at it. <laughs> and I, th- I personally think that's always been his plan. He's just kind of been waiting for like the his right music moment. shit to fall off, and, but it hasn't. Right? Like I've ne- you never seen a run like this. Run is crazy. Yeah, this run is crazy. How long is this run for him now? Ten plus years, ten, 10 plus, eleven years, right? something like. Yeah, I think his first yeah. mixtape came out. But you out. haven't you haven't seen a run like Jay Z's either. No, I mean I think this is <laughs> as comparable to yeah, Jay Z. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It, it really is, man. And and kudos to this kid for putting Toronto on the map. Right. Put a whole country on your back. <laughs> really. A People country. tried to do it for years, but he really he really did it, man. Yeah. A country, the six is on your back, bro. Yeah. Cause it, I mean, like that's that's pretty amazing. Cause I don't to become think... bigger than the person that puts you on. He's right. bigger than Wayne. Yeah, big longer run than Wayne, for sure. At this point, Wayne had a run though, man. Wayne's still on the run. But you know what I like to discuss with people about Wayne? Wayne is the catalyst for every modern day rapper we see today. Hundred percent. Wayne is the blueprint. I'm the same age as Wayne, so I've been able to watch him um, grow up. Basically, you know, right. I was a big Cash Money fan. You know, I had the Hot Boys CD. Did you I think had... Wayne was a, was the outstanding star? No. I liked Wayne because he was my age. Okay. I thought he was dope because he was like a little kid rapping right. with all these people. But I always thought, like, obviously Juvenile had I the... I thought it was Juvie. And I really liked BG. I liked them all. But right. BG was like... I liked BG because he was like the street guy. Yeah, he was gutter. But I th- always thought, okay, Juvenile can make the hits. Right. That's what I thought because that 400 Degrees album was fire Crazy. in the hole. And I was like, this is the guy... That's going to transcend all the rest of those guys, and it turns out to be the baby of the bunch. The baby of the, of the bunch. But he was able to watch, you know. I think that was part of it. He was able to sit and watch what everybody did right, what everybody did wrong. Right. Um. And he just reinvented himself. Remember, he was cold. He was cold for like in oh three oh four. Like he was kind of cold around that time mm-hmm. until the first Carter came out. He was like in a weird trend. I mean, I don't even know if. You know that when that five hundred degrees album came out, he was getting play on on you know. Was that the go DJ? The go DJ. It was before that. This okay. was like um, uh, I forget the name of the song, but it had the uh, paid in full beat. It, they were, he was rapping over that beat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Baby, that. I'm a stunner. It was TQ was on the hook, mm-hmm. but I forget the name of the song. But what, like at that point, he was still like his video was still because Young T Raps wasn't on at that point anymore. Yeah, we're gone. Ninety five. Last he was year, still there, 95, 96 well, that was, is our last year. Was that, okay, so it's 96. 96. So, like, Rap City was really the only place at that right. point. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to ask you this. Did you guys have beef with Rap City? Never beef. No you beef. You, you can't. Competition is different from beef to me. Okay. Like, you, it's competitive. Like, talking to C's and stuff like that and knowing that there was always competition between Biggie and Jay-Z, it wasn't beef. It was just competition. Right. So, with Rap City, it was always, like, his competition, but we knew we were worldwide and they weren't. Right. So not everybody had that at the time. Nah, not overseas. You wasn't getting no rap city. Overseas, you was getting your own TV raps in damn near every country in the world. So they they could never compare. Yeah, I mean, being on MTV at that point, there was there was there was not an infinite amount of famous people like there is now. Like there's a, there's so oh, many different, too many. there's too many famous people now, right? Influencer. There's so many different levels of fame. But like at that point when y'all were on, M- dude, you were there was limited number of famous people. You yeah. were huge if you were on MTV. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't even understand the over amount of famous people now. It's just way too many famous. How do you people. keep up with it? I, I don't. I try to like. That's why I've just been trying to like move around and do different stuff. Like, cause it's just, it's just too much. And I think eventually, 
blog started dying out. And okay. I, th- I don't even think, I don't super concentrate on doing the blog still mm-hmm. anymore. Um, you know, I still, you know, I get on social, but like I'm, I'm, um, I started venturing into artist management and doing other things like that, consulting, working with brands, doing events, working with different companies. Because I was going to ask you, man, as as a person that was kind of like the catalyst to so many people from the Midwest's dreams becoming a reality, do you feel bad that you that you didn't sign some of these people when you <laughs> when you had a chance to like sign up to a production deal or something? Like um, that? yeah, but you know that's always a you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda type of thing. Um, you know, I will say, you know, Chance shouted me out at the Grammys. Okay, that's um, dope as fuck. And so that meant a lot to me. Like, yeah. just to have, because we, I feel like we work in a thankless uh, oh, absolutely. world, right? Absol- absolutely. Where the artists get all the love, but the people that are... That- well, let me tell you, the first time, last, was last year, yeah, because only been here going on two years. Mm-hmm. So... Last year at Promontory, the brat for the first time said on stage in front of everybody, Ed Lover is the person that discovered me. It's the first time she's ever said it. What that's is that true? Yes. Wow, I did I never knew that. I didn't discover that's crazy. her, but I am the catalyst for her record deal. Me and a young lady by the name of Dawn, well, Dawn Millhouse now. She's married. Dawn brought Brat into my life when I was living in Jersey. I was on tour with Criss Cross as their opening act, and we were here in Chicago, and Brat was here, and I brought Brat onto stage for a rap contest I used to have with the little, little kids and give them $100, yeah. right? <laughs> and I let Brat's damn near grown ass get into that rap contest as a special guest with somebody that I knew, mm-hmm. and I made sure that Jermaine was there, and I was like, Jermaine, you gotta hear this girl rap. This girl is incredible. Well, I never knew this. Yes, yeah, the never first heard time, because story. every wow. time she would tell a story, she would always leave me out, and it hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the first time she ever said that. Ed Lover was was a pivotal moment in my career of getting signed to Jermaine. And that probably felt pretty good. It felt, it felt really <laughs> it good, because like, being a thankless, you yeah. know, and, yeah. the, and the thing that kills me is, is that you... As a blogger, as a, a on-air personality for, for radio stations, MTV giving people their first look on TV, you do all of this stuff for them, and then later on in your career, when they blow up, you can't even get them to come to the radio station right. and do an interview. Yeah. They won't come do your podcast. It's always an excuse. It's like, wow, dude, you forgot that. When nobody gave a fuck about you, I gave you a shot. Right. You know what I mean? That, and that 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 hurts. It's like, all right, I did yeah. all this for you. Yeah. Now I can't even get you to do something yeah. very, you know, Simple trivial. Simple to help me. Yeah, right. I helped you. Help me. Both hands, you know, one hand wash the other. Both hands wash, wash the, the face. face. Right, yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So you're right. We're in a, always have been, I guess, always will be in a thankless position. Right. And I'm sure you probably think that too, man. I wish I would have signed some of the people that came through oh, the absolutely. doors. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, but... You know, when you're in the mix of it and when it's happening, you don't you're so busy yourself, you don't even think you're not That's even right. thinking like that. That's right. I was never thinking like that. Right. Um, we just we just wanted to see people succeed. Hundred percent. You know people have talent and they deserve to succeed. So you just want them to succeed, but chance shouting you out at the Grammys, that's big because you just want them to get the story right. That's it. That's it. Shout out to my man Andrew Barber right. helped me out early in my career. Mm-hmm. Thank you, bro. Yeah. That's all that's enough for me. That's fine. And it's like, you know what? We're friends. Right. We've gone to our kids have gone to Disney World together and stuff and, and, and we're good, you know? And that that's important to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and that that's nice that he shouted me out and you know, but it would I'm sure it would be tough when you would look at these 
artist CDs come out and there'd be the thank yous and they might forget. It's kind of like, man, really? Oh, yeah. You're going to shout out all these other people that I know oh, yeah. didn't I, really I mean, help you. I had to get at Busta one time. Busta, do you remember <laughs> the New York record? Yeah. My name was not in that New York record. Oh, the, He oh, did not say Dr. Dre and Ed Love on my New York shit. Like, okay. dude, we the catalyst for the success of Hot 97. We were the morning show when right. it first flipped. I mean, I remember when you guys had the picture with the pans and yeah, over Yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if we failed, that whole station would have failed, bro. Yeah. Like, I don't get I don't get no love. Like, Flex get love and I don't. Flex was not even Did he shout like out Fab? That. Did he shout out Fab on that song? I don't think That's so. Like, wow. We used to play the Lisa and the New School shit all the time. I mean, they like, broke up on you. I'm yes. <laughs> I was like, wow. Buzz, when I saw him, I was like, bust. Really? I don't get no love on, like, if you from New York, stand the fuck up right now, like, I don't get love? I was like, wow. Yeah. I was like, wow. You know, one thing that I, I, I truly regret, though, of, out of anything I've ever done, I went out of town on some leisure shit when they did the, the Tribe Called Quest album cover where everybody had on the headphones. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to be on that. Oh, show. man. I fucked You up. probably went and did something. You don't even remember what you did. I don't even did. know what. Chasing <laughs> some ass in Virginia somewhere. Yeah. Just dumb. And you and you could have been on that. I mean, on what that a, that's like cover. the most iconic rap exactly. cover of all time. Top e- five. Exactly. And I fucked And they had everybody show. on that, too. Everybody. everybody. They, I didn't know. They were just like, hey, we taking some pictures. You know, I thought it'd be an insert or some shit. I don't want to be no insert on trial. We from the same hood. I would have been right on the album cover, bro. Man, that's tough. Yeah. I'm sure you have a, a few of those moments. <laughs> that's one of that's one of the big ones, man. But have you, know, you ever slept on something that became huge and felt stupid afterwards? Because you tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. Um, you know, coming out of here, I was I was pretty much right about all the the artists that have come out of Chicago in the past ten years. The only one that I wasn't on like before everybody else or super mm-hmm. early was Juice World, and okay. that just happened like that literally happened overnight. Wow. Um. But pretty much, um, you know, there's stuff that there's sometimes there's there's things that you think are gonna be like I knew Chance would be huge. Okay. I knew Chief Keith would be huge. Um, Why? Why did you know that Keith would be huge? I just I could, and what I could just with Keith? I could just feel it. You know how you could just feel it sometimes, and he just spoke for a certain uh, community of people and a certain age group of people. I mm-hmm. could just tell he was just on his like. They just thought he was a god. You could the way that people just would react when his music would come on. Okay, it was just a certain way that that people react. Where were you going to hear this music? Is there certain places? Um, you know what they were using to to, to promote themselves at the time? What Facebook and YouTube. Okay, and you know, really, they were they didn't wait, and that's just why I think that certain class of of kids won was because they didn't wait. I think the generation a few years before them were still relying on the old. Um, methods of getting in the music industry, mm-hmm. having somebody discover you, signing to a deal, right? You know, sending your being vid- connected to somebody who was already connected, trying to be a rough rider or trying to be right with you know Wait, Irvin M. Or they want to co-sign Murder Inc. or whatever. Let me get my beta tape to uh, or whatever the tapes were to, to Tuma at MTV. Right. Try to get my video on MTV Two or whatever. Right. You know, I think that. People were were still, but these kids were just like, we're not waiting on anybody. We don't need anybody's co-sign. We're just gonna put it out ourselves. Right. And I think, you know, it just happened and it exploded so fast. Mm. So you um, just kind of felt that vibe that was. I think sometimes you can just feel it. I yeah. mean, I think like, you know, it was like kind of when you saw Tupac on the uh, the same song, when his verse came on same song on Digital Underground, you saw, you're like, okay, this guy, yeah. spe- there's something to him. Right. 
right? You could just tell. Like, the way that he just attacked that, like, right. I'll never forget seeing him for the first time in that video. Right. And then... Or, like, uh, Biggie trapped, on the Mary J. Blige remix. You just don't forget it. It just stands out. Even, like, Mace on the Only You remix, yeah, yeah, 112. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you're just come like, okay. Come on, you want to, come on, yeah. you want to, yeah. You're absolutely. like, okay, this is... Yeah. This is, I just had that same feeling. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I slept on, on uh, Get At Me, dog. I didn't like that. I didn't. I, I didn't like that it. song first. Either. I, I. I admit that people think I'm nuts. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> My like Kaiser, who's the senior vice president at Atlantic Records yeah. for Black Music, was a record rep for Def Jam at the time, and came to High yeah. 97 and played that record for me. And I said, first of all, that's the EPMD beat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And I was from a no biting allowed. Right. It's different. Like, yeah, it's different. It's different now. So I was like, this shit is bullshit. He barking the fuck out of here. And we used to do the Hot 97 Hot Shots basketball team and went up somewhere and we was playing this other team and the DJ put it on and the kids lost their mind. I was like, yeah, I'm, stu- I'm stupid. <laughs> like, that record's hot. I'm dumb. Yeah, I eventually yeah. fell in love with the record. Oh when I God, first I heard it. I fell in love with X, period. But, gee, I felt, yeah, if it was up to me. If, if somebody bought me that and said, Ed, you can sign this dude, I probably wouldn't have signed him. Right. Dummy. But it, it's hard. I mean, sometimes you just have to, you know, usually I would say, okay, I would look at my taste and say, all right, you know. But sometimes it's not about me and my taste. Right. But it's about what do other people like. That's right. And I think as being a blogger, you doing radio and other things like that, you know, sometimes you have to leave your own personal taste and ego True. at the door. But that's, diff- that's difficult as, right. like, a real fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because, you know. And then eventually, like, you know, you have to adjust yourself for age. As I'm getting older, too, it's like. You know, some some of this stuff's just not going to appeal to me. Absolutely. It's just not. I go through it every single day. Some of it is just, I don't knock it, but I realize that it's not for me. Right. You understand what right. I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I don't knock it because I understand it from the perspective that we both come from. As kids, you know what you went through loving hip-hop. Mm-hmm. You know what your parents thought of hip-hop. Mm-hmm. You know what some of your friends probably thought of hip-hop yeah, yeah. when you was loving it. They didn't understand it. They thought it was trash. Right. So now, as a father... And a grandfather, when they come with these new artists that they love, I might personally think they trash, but I allow them, not even allow, but it's their right to love who they yeah, want to love. right. Because I don't, you know. Can't force Kane on them. <laughs> no. Can't force NWA. They're not going to understand America's Most Wanted, Ice yeah. Cube's first album. They're not going to understand Public Enemy. The sounds just don't. Don't mesh. It just doesn't. It just it's doesn't It's the appear. vibe. It's about the vibe now. More so than it is about just the content. the content or just being dope in that moment or saying something that mean, that's meaningful. Because they were really the teaching stuff. Like, even, like, X-Clan and stuff, you guys played videos that would teach me about stuff that I wasn't learning in school. Right. You know what I mean? Terrorist ones you must learn. Right. Amazing. Love's going to get you one of my They weren't teaching you that stuff in school. Right. Slick Rick, still, to me, one of the greatest of all time. He probably, he's one of my favorite. He's top five for me, for sure. One of the I love Slick You know Ray. why? Because this dude has been working for the last almost 40 years off of one album and two singles. <laughs> right. Which is crazy. Yeah. That's that's just insane to me. He hasn't put out an album in 20 years. His last album came out 20 years ago. Yeah, and he doesn't have to. He's like kind of like the Frankie and Beverly and Maze of R&B. I mean, mm-hmm. of hip-hop, you know. Frankie, Beverly, and Maze is still living off before I let go and getting 100 racks a show. So he, he big can shout tour, out to them. He can tour off that for the rest of his life. Absolutely, and he will. Yeah. Which is which is crazy. Dougie Fresh told me something that blew my mind one time in an interview. Dougie Fresh said, "Ed, I never had a job, ever. Yeah, this that's is crazy. all I've ever done since I was fifteen. That's crazy. And he never really had a big smash hit or anything like no, that either. No, I mean the show, the, the show, and Lottie, but, and, and Lottie, 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 Lottie
Dougie is just Dougie. He's just incredibly gifted and dope, and Rick is Rick, and that's what it is. They came through it at the right time. Who do you see besides Drake, Wayne, lasting that long? Who's new that you think got it? Kanye, of course. Kanye been around for a long time. Yeah. Um... I'm I'm getting back to my point now where I'm where I am. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting back. I don't to even my consider because I don't consider like Wayne or Drake or any of those guys, uh, you know, necessarily new at this point anymore. No, definitely not. Because they've been Ten around. Ye, in, Ye, they old, they damn they're yeah, old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. has been around. Um, but like, who is new that I think could you know? I I think. I mean, even I can't even say J. Cole because he's been around for a long time, but he's gonna, you know, be successful for a long time. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think I think Chance is gonna be around for a long time. Absolutely. Um, you would know, would you consider Crit new or? I would uh, see Chris probably a little closer to my age, or you know. But yeah, I would. I, I think Crit's see, dope. I can see Crit being. Um, I manage an artist by the name of Valet, who's from Chicago, who's real dope. Uh-huh. I, I hope he'll be around for a long okay. time. But we'll see. He's actually signed to Kanye. Okay. Uh, so he's on good music. Um, but you know, it it it's. it's What's the uh, pressure of that? Like, okay, you just you got an artist, and he's signed to good music. Yeah. What happens now? Do you are you in that camp pushing? Like, can we get this shit done? I need to get this guy out. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm one that just drives. I, I, I just drive. Like I don't, I don't like to wait on, I, you know, I don't like to wait okay. on anybody else. Right. So I'm, I'm using whatever I have to try to make it go. And you know, it, it's good music, Def Jam. So Def Jam, you know, supportive, good music, supportive. Okay. But like, you know, sometimes in this, in this game, where we are now, it's like you got to just take the bull by the horns. You got to do it yourself. You sit and wait. You, you will not get off the shelf. If really? you don't make it happen for yourself, so you're they, not. So when they sign them, do they are they signing deals the way they used to? Like they're giving you money up front and album yeah. budgets and mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, 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 for sure. So they'll risk giving you that money and sit you. Like it doesn't. Well, make they sense can. Then. Like, well, it just it's, you know, I think a lot of the artists get deals now just based on momentum or their prospecting. They're like, okay, well, this video got a million views. Like, let's let's give them three million dollars type of type of thing. Right. Let's get not, behind it. But not everybody has that. But sometimes they just look at somebody as. Like the reason I wanted to manage Valet is because he reminded me of something that I haven't seen in a long time, where he was unique. All his fl- every flow that he uses is different. Okay. Um, he picks interesting beats. He just is. Ve- he's a very unique. He's an outside of the box artist. And it and it takes a little longer for people to under to get that. I think sometimes. Um, but I I was you know that's what I like. I like different stuff. I don't like the what sounds the same. Right. Um, I've always looked for what's different. I think that's what used to win. Yeah. Now it seems like everybody wants. Okay, we need melody. We need we need a song with melody on it, and right. that's really what they want. But um, yeah, I think. But I think what the what the labels want to see now is momentum. Mm. On your, I mean, what but what are you where, doing? Then we can come in and give you the push. Now here is where it gets tricky, because any artist out there right now wants to know how do you get momentum. That is the toughest right. question and that's, to answer. And that's the thing where. Three to five years ago, I could have given you a clear-cut response to what you needed to do, mm-hmm. an easier way. Now, I don't even know what the answer is. <laughs> I don't have an answer for that what anymore. What is it, put it out there and see what it do and just keep putting it out there? Pray for pray for uh, a viral moment. I swear that's wow. what it is now. Because I used to be able to say, okay, look, take over locally. Like, get hot on the, on the local blogs, have the local tastemakers talking about you, start doing shows, start selling out shows locally eventually. 
it's going to translate outside of the city. Right. For most people, it has. Not. It doesn't always work, but, you know, this is it. Get a, get a post on this blog. Get a post on this blog. You know, um, grow this, grow this number, grow that number. But now it's like, you don't even know. You can't even give people, you you know, you could rely on blogs and, and, and certain DJs for um, help. But now it's like, I don't even know if that helps anymore. Wow. I mean, I think DJs still help, but blogs, do blogs help anymore? I don't know. Mm. Not like they did five years ago. Right. Wow. So I don't, that's what I tell people. I'm like, I can't really give you a. a because there's, a, there's a. God, there's a smorgasbord of artists out there, and they're all trying to figure out the same thing. Right. How? Because that's the, that's the age-old thing we've been telling people for the last, what, five, ten years now? Win your city, win your town, <laughs> and that's win your same, community. That's probably the same thing that you were telling people yeah, in 89. Yeah, the same 89. thing. You got to win your community. You got to win your – well, 89, it was different. 89 is you, you had to be dope, right? and you get it to somebody, and then somebody takes it to somebody else. And they agree that you don't, and they give you a shot. <laughs> right. See, the shot was a single deal with an album to follow. That's what you got. You got a single deal. We put the single out there. If the single go, we'll go back in and make an album with you. Right? One uh, classic uh, example of that is Lord Tariq and Peter Guns. The mm-hmm. problem with them is they didn't have an album. Right. They didn't probably expect that song to they take off the way They didn't expect that song to go fucking nuts so like it did, and it wasn't ready. So now the, the record company has learned to, okay, let's... When I, when it start getting to a certain point, let's get them in the studio, get this album ready. Because by the time it peaks, gone. But now right. you, there's where you taking it. There's there's nobody I can say, yo, you need to sign this dude. You know what I mean? Right. And 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 you taking a chance, being a part of somebody's camp. You know, we all heard rumors about certain people in certain camps that are sucking Styles Drive from these young dudes, right? Yeah, and then discarding them or, or sucking their beat making ability. Yeah. And then getting rid of them, mm-hmm. and then you're back to square one. I'm like you. I just don't know what to tell anybody right. anymore. Yeah. Certain things go viral. Certain things don't. I've seen dope new artists come out, and then they just kind of like disappear because they just don't get their shot. Yeah. And a lot of people don't get their shot. A lot. A lot don't. And it's like you can't. That's why you just can't wait. And you just got to keep, you know. I, I, I tell think, them keep putting out music. That, right. that, my advice to them is just continue, don't put out a song and then sit there and wait on that song. Right. Do another one and do another one and do another one and do another one and do another one. And one thing that I learned from Fifth, 50 Cent, is I remember him telling an artist one day in my presence, he said, bro, don't hold no music. And that's another thing that wow. I learned from Gucci. Gucci wow. wasn't even, no. Gucci wasn't, wouldn't mix his shit. No. They would do they it and mix. he would just put it yeah. out. Yeah. The kids don't even know, they don't even care about music. They don't care it. about they it. They don't care. They're like, put it out. Right. You you finished it. Is this it? Yeah. All right, go ahead. They're like they're just listening to it on their phones and their iPads. Right, and, and if they think MacBooks it's dope, anyway. and then they share it with somebody else. Listen to this, or listen to this. This is the shit right there. You know what I mean? So it's crazy that Fifty understood that in like two thousand two. Don't yeah, hold music because Don't he was doing mixtapes, right? Like back to back to back back. He didn't give a fuck. He was like, I'm not holding no music. I'm putting this shit out. And I think that sometimes that has like, you know, he saw his life flash in front of his eyes. So he was just like, all right, yeah. I got to just get this out. Like, right. who cares? Like, I've been, I've. I've almost died. I've right. I felt and that. And now I got momentum because people are talking about that. Right. And regardless of mm-hmm. what they're talking about, I'm going to have something for them. As they continue to talk about me, I'm putting this shit right. out. Right. And I think it's a fine line to walk to because you don't want to over, you don't want to over put out music because sometimes people put out too much and it devalues it because people are like, you know what? They don't even care. They're just throwing out whatever. Right. So I think you have to, you know, find the right balance of 
you know, putting out, having some kind of quality control, but then always staying in people's faces. Right. Because you can't even go away for a few months now. People think you fell off. Oh, my God. It's horrible. It's it's just. It's it's like the best time and the worst time right. to be an artist. That's right. Because the best time for them is that they can make a shitload of money if they pop right now. Mm-hmm. Like, they can make more money than, than artists of our day could have ever thought. They can make more money than Lauryn Hill could have ever made. Yeah. Because Lauryn Hill had to wait on royalty checks. Their money is just coming from shows, fast, merch, all this. Sponsorship deals, branding let's deals. About, let's talk about this for a minute because, I damn, I almost forgot. I'm glad you're sitting here. What do you think about this debate about what happened to Khaled and what happened with Tyler Creator and adding merch to the bundle, the bundle, the bundle? What yeah. do you think about the bundle? Um, it's new for me because nobody fucking bundled. You remember you Prince put, tried to do it and they wouldn't let him do it back in the day. Right. He tried to sell concert tickets with it. Right. They wouldn't count the albums. It was like if you buy um, a concert ticket, you get the album with it, and they wouldn't count it. This was like in the 90s at some point. Right. And it didn't work. Um, as far as the bundling, I'm conflicted on it. Um, one. Explain it to people who are, who are laymen and they might love listening yeah. to my uh, – podcast andrew barber's here again if you just yeah 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 caught wind of this um so the bu- bundling the, the bundling is when you sell the music alongside a uh, some kind of merch whether it be a t-shirt for example tyler the creator had like a, a election sign that he was selling to people a coffee mug a hat um so when you buy that piece of material you get the album with it and so now they're counting those as sales right and and Khaled recently did it but with an energy drink, with an and they ener- withhold, withheld 100,000 copies of his shit. Right, because they, I don't think they, they didn't want to count. They didn't say it was, you know. And that's they the said thing. they couldn't do it. Right, because I get it. I think it's good for, um, you know, you don't want to be a dinosaur, and, you know, you want to stay current and change with the times, but at the same time, I think it devalues the music. I think it devalues the actual music. And people treat music like it's a loss leader now. You know, it's like, here's some music so I can sell you every all this other shit that I have. Right. So in that in that respect, I think it devalues the music. And also... Because maybe I just... All right, I'm going to download this shit. I'm going to buy it here just because I like this T-shirt. I, I really like the don't hoodie. give a fuck about your right. music. I like the hoodie. I like the sneakers or whatever. Right. I don't really care about the music. It, it's just a finesse. It's a, it's a new finesse. But streaming is different. Things need to be quantified another way. I get it. Um, but... At the same time, where do you draw the line now? Like, people are going to be. That's what I'm saying. So, you, can, where do you draw can, the line? So, say I got a, uh, I got a dude that's a street dude that's behind me 100, percent right. So, I'm catching a little buzz. So, if you download my album, you get a key, and one of these keys opens this car. Right. Where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line? It's like you know, text. Text this number something and you might win a so spot I, right. like a, I got, a trip I got, to I got, Hawaii. I got tatted up Holly on my team. Yeah, right. Download, you get a free lap dance. Yeah, tatted up Holly. right. Like, is where, where do you draw where the do line? Stop. You get your dick sucked by somebody. Like, <laughs> you get a free blowjob from a porno star. Yeah. Like with a condom on. Like, yeah. where do we? Where do you draw the line? And and that's that's what's scary about it is because you know if they're finessing this to count. They're going to find another way to do it even more. You know, they're going to find a way to juice the numbers. Um, but, I, you is know. Is that juicing the numbers or is that just smart marketing? I don't know. That's that's it, that's it. why I say I'm conflicted about it. Right. It's both. I mean, I'm not mad at it. As a manager of an artist, I'm like, yeah, that could help. 
right. I, I mean, by any means, but um, like there's Kanye come out with a brand another album. I got a limited pair of signs. Yeah, if he sells it with Yeezys, Yeezys or something like, and everybody buys Yeezys, so right, you know, and they're hard to find. So the black one just came out. He signs them in a red, unerasable magic marker. Yeah, right. You entered into a chance to win these Yeezys. You don't think that's going to help his downloads? Hundred percent. I mean, where do you draw the line, though? You know what I mean? Where? Uh, I mean, and this is like it even goes back to like, okay, people care so much about the first week numbers and and all that. Because uh, the rumors were always back in the day that like labels used to buy boxes and boxes oh, yeah, of they CDs. Absolutely did. So, so it was you know I, I always thought that was a That's rumor, a way but, to that, work the that, but that was true, right? Yeah, they were doing that. Absolutely, they was doing that for the big stars. Buying them back, yeah, yeah. They would buy you know fifty thousand, hundred thousand copies and yeah. send it, put them in a in a in a warehouse somewhere, or That's something right. like that. Um, so this is just I guess the just new to way to make of, your shit look like it was hot. And and I guess it is a trick that works because with people, oh, he got the number one album. Then what you am I can, missing? So it's just a new fin- – they're always going to find a new way to do that. Um, but with this, where do you draw the line? As yeah. you just gave a lot of examples, I mean, somebody somebody's should pay use, you for this. Somebody's going to use it because yeah. I would definitely do that. What do you think about it? I, I think it's I think it's like things change and evolve. I think on one hand it's genius marketing, and on another hand it is devaluing the music because you put records out before and it was just just go buy the record. And if you love the music, you bought the record based on the record by itself. Mm-hmm. Now it's, okay, I really don't like this shit, but I want the Yeezys. Right. You know, now it's, I don't like this shit, but I want this I want this A Boogie with the hoodie Puma that Emory and them just put out. That shit is dope. The sneaker's crazy, but I don't want no A Boogie with the hoodie. I might just, you know, not shoot my man, because that's my little homie right there. Shout out to Omanai, A Boogie with the hoodie. But I'm just using that as an example, like, when does it stop? Where Where's Where the cutoff it, yeah, point? Right, and I right. think Billboard has gotten on to it. Like, what are you going to do? Give out weed next? And yeah, then- right, right. Because it's like, where do you, that's what I just, where do you draw the line with it? Because, you know, you can make. I think certain kind of merch is, is, is cool. Yeah, like I a think t-shirt, shirt, a hoodie. T-shirts, a hoodie, you know, you don't want anybody to have an unfair advantage because they're able to partner with a certain brand. Like, do you think that was fair with a, who did Jay do his thing with that time? Um, Sprint. Sprint. That was huge. It was huge. It was counted as sales, right. bro. I mean, he went gold off the bat. I mean, he was gold like first week because of that. Wow. Just just, just on doing a, a deal with somebody. Right. You know? Because so, you already have that popularity where you're, you're, you're hurting somebody else. And I saw in 2017, 17 or 18 of the 38 albums that went number one were bundled. Wow. Yeah, so I mean, it's not we've come. It's 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 already happened. So I don't think you're going to be able to stop it now. Yeah, yeah, and it's so it's like you better just embrace it. It's like when when um having a plasma and, uh, and other ones came out. Well, yeah, <laughs> like when 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 you when, gotta roll. when Napster came out and like you know the labels tried to fight MP3s by putting out CDs that you couldn't copy. It's like no, that's not the issue. The issue is it's that we're about to be in a, in a in an MP3 world. That's right. You better get on this train. Yeah. Because you know the CD one, and and eventually they got on board, and the yeah. industry they were know, late. They were late. As it took them twenty years, but the industry's back now. <laughs> right. They got the ball back. They have all the control again. Right. Where for you know twenty years it was like the wild west, and that's why it was so dope. And like when the blog era, when I was really doing it, was because like the people kind of had more power back, mm. and you know the the playing ground was a little more level. But now that 
you know the majors got the got the ball back and there's actual money in the game again. It's 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 different. Yeah. And so especially with this bundling thing, they're making a lot of money on that. So making a shitload of money off of that. Would you let your artist uh, or did you let your artist sign a three sixty deal? Yeah, I mean that's pretty much what. I mean, unless you have crazy, crazy leverage, uh-huh. you got to sign a 360 deal if you're going to partner with a major. Wow. Um, but the thing is, what kind of percentages are you giving up? In, within the 360 yeah. deal. Yeah. Explain, well, we we explain it again to the layman what a 360 deal is with an artist. Yeah, a 360 deal is where you sign to a major and the the label will take a, a, a percentage of um, your – um, like outside ventures, live touring, brand deals, things like that. They get a percentage television, yeah, movies, mm-hmm. everything because the label. Well, felt, why the label felt like they, they they're, well, they're investing a lot of money into people, and this was created when the music industry was in a downtime, right? And so that this just became st- standard practice. Oh wow! Most almost every artist signs a three sixty. Wow. So so how do they uh, do they send somebody out to make sure that they're getting their percentage of? Because what is that? Somebody standing at your concert? Like, give me mine. Yeah, no, I don't I don't really know how. I, you know, I don't really know how it works. <laughs> I've always wondered, like, okay, then that means there's a new job open at Labels now? Because I'll go get your fucking money for you. <laughs> yeah. I'll be that dude that just travels around the world, pop up. Yeah, hey, bruh, can we get that label yeah, money, you gotta, please? Yeah, you got you to hit me that off the top. You got to right, come off the top with that. I need mine off the top. Before you even count yours, let me get mine now. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting that that, that is, you know, where we are now. But yeah, that's just you know the business now. Unfortunately, the business. if you're red hot and you got a huge song and you have all the control and a label's right. like rip, then you you have a little different type of leverage that right. you can, you can say. say okay, we do this three sixty deal, but you getting you may not even have half they, percent. They may not even have to do a three sixty deal, or you can say you get one percent or something very very small. very very small. something that you don't even feel right. Something that that is not even going to bother you. Yeah, anymore. I mean you know, but it's basic standards and practices now. Yeah. To my knowledge, it is. Wow. Now, maybe not every artist, but I think the majority of artists that you see would have to sign that. Wow. That's crazy. Who's who besides your your own artists that, that you have here from the Chicagoland area? Who else do you think is bubbling coming up out of here? Uh, Cowboy. He just had a big hit with Envy Me. Polo G. Um, he's big. You ain't scrape all these guys up under your management umbrella, brother? Nah, management's a lot. You know, it's a, it, it's a <laughs> lot, I man. It. You know what I mean? I'm people ask me to manage them. I was like, nah. <laughs> it's like, that's too Have you much. ever? Uh-uh. No, I've helped people. I, I do executive consulting. Okay. I don't want the, so that's good. Every, you don't want to do the whole thing. No, because no, I can't. I, I'm too busy with just trying right. to keep my own career floating. I know, then. and it's difficult. Like, yeah. Because you have to put that person first. Yeah. Um And... If you have a bunch of different, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, you, I would never be home. I'd never be able to do anything else. Right. You know what if I mean? If you had a company and you got people to do the day to day to day, that's different. But you, at some point, you have to get to that. You have to. Get, you can't just come out of the gate like that. Right. With you a have, company, unless you got somebody behind you that right. got a lot of money, unless that just some, want to be involved in the music business. Right. That's different. And yeah, somebody, unless you got somebody bankrolling you, then you got to exactly. owe them money. Exactly. Understand it, that this is a freaking gamble. Yeah. Because it is a gamble, and that's why the three sixty come into play because they. You know, they see this as a gamble. And it is. And I, I imagine they've lost a lot of money on a lot of artists. Oh, over, over the years. But they used to just write that shit off back in the right. days. You're right. right. It came around the downtime. Like 10, business. 12 years ago. Is yeah, when. because when they wasn't really killing it no more, they was like, you know what? If we make make somebody a star, then we need to get ours on Well, because they do, they do put a substantial investment into, you know, and if one hits, you know, 
Yeah. Whatever they say is like usually like one. It's like one artist that pays for for everybody. For everybody. Yeah. It's they, one, it's a one out of artists. ten, right? Yeah. Yeah. One out of every ten. They say you know they sign ten and one might hit. One might hit. They might sign thirty and one might hit. Yeah, that's crazy. That because now it's such crazy. a gamble because it's like somebody could have one and then they're done. Mm-hmm. So it's a you know it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a different industry, man. And it's like you know, um, I think you've you've really been able to to see it all. And, and see how much it has changed because, you know, back then I feel like if you didn't, I mean, I was in the late 90s when people really started caring if you went gold or platinum. Yeah. In the early days of Yo, it didn't matter, man. All these people were on a, like a level platform. So right. You, you, just because, you know, uh, you know, X-Clan probably didn't go gold, but, um, you know, NWA was going platinum, but you could see their videos all on the same show. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you really didn't care. It was about more so about the music. I think that's, you know, around the uh, – Middle part of the '90s, going into '96, '97, when when people really start caring more than they, you know, when it was just all about sales. Oh, yeah, but Puff and them came out and they was bragging about platinum and gold, and that's when it really. That's got. when it really came. Like, so it's probably before that, probably around Biggie time. Yeah, when people started going yeah. crazy about what your numbers were doing, what your first week numbers were looking like, and stuff like that. But did you, when you were a, like, as you put out the uh, down with MTV over the OPP? Mm-hmm. Did you like being an artist and doing that? I enjoyed it. Okay. I, that was like I, a fun, really yeah, fun I video. I enjoyed it I, because, you know what, I used to enjoy the fact that there were there were artists out there that was fun. No matter how raunchy Luke was, they were fun. Yeah, of course. It Two was Live about, Crew was fun. Right, it was about fun. The Two Live Crew would poke fun at themselves and just fun. Ludacris was fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Man, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So when we did stuff like that, it was just, man, let's just have a good time. Even when we did the Back Up Off Me video, yeah. me and Dre was just, it was just fun. It wasn't trying to be dope, but still so 500,000, mind you. But <laughs> it was just fun. It, it was fun as fuck, man. It wasn't about, you know, we didn't take ourselves seriously as artists. We just, let's just have some fun. Relativity mm-hmm. won't give us a deal. Let's take the fucking deal. Right. And let's get this money and let's have some fun. Fuck it. We never get to do another one. At least we could do one. I remember when Angie Martinez was doing her album, and she, uh, we saw each other. We was at the same station, Hot 97 at the time. She was like, Ed, I don't know about this shit. I was like, Angie, are you going to kick yourself in the ass if you don't do it? Right. Might as well. Right. Fuck what everybody in else In the long say. run, it, did, they, it didn't hurt at all. It didn't hurt. I said, it's not even failure doesn't hurt. No. It doesn't. It doesn't hurt at all. Mm-mm. Not when not you in that position. Right. It's not going to kill your career because you put a record out or you tried to put a record out and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, right? I mean, longevity is the the, the key to this. Yeah, and it's hard to it's hard to stay in. Well, you've been doing it for a long time, man. Yeah, but I mean, not as long as you. But it's like that's why I got to get pointers from somebody like you who's been able to stay around <laughs> for right thirty track, years, man. man. You, you know what I mean? Different things. You're doing different brand stuff. That's a smart move for for you to make. It's not to stay stagnant oh, in you one can. area, but try to do as much as you can. You can't. That's what I learned is, like, you can't, especially with the way that technology's moving now. It's like you just got to try to just do as much as you can. Right. Yeah, you got to have more than one stream of income, definitely. <laughs> yeah. You got to have, like, 10, 10, <laughs> t- 10 different jobs for one salary. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. It, it, it's crazy out here. But Chicago and the Midwest, you always felt like it was underrepresented. How do you feel about it today 100%. in 2019? And that's why, you know, um, I feel like the the Midwest has always been the most underserved region as far despite having some of the biggest stars like Eminem and 
Kanye and Nelly. Well, M, and, M did his thing. He had, you know, he had D12. He gave us Royce, right. you know, you know, Royce of 5-9 came out of there. All of these. Right. But I'm saying despite having these huge stars, it's not like it's not like the Midwest ever ran radio in a right. way that, like, Atlanta did or, um, you know, New York did at one point or right. in, you know, the chronic era and death row era. It's like, West we, Coast. Yeah. We never – I feel like the Midwest as a whole never really had that moment. But right – I feel like, you know, over the past seven, eight years has been has been really strong. Right. I feel like there has been a lot of artists that have come out of not just Chicago, but Detroit and and, you know, different different markets in this region as well. So it does uh, make me happy that I've, you know, helped play a part in that. Is it important to you for an artist to represent the sound of their city? Because I kind of get disappointed. You know, I love Gilly from Philly. Gilly. Gilly That's my guy. Your old major figures, major figures. The whole nine yards. He got his own podcast too. Big shout out to him. Million dollars worth of game. And um, he was talking about an artist that came up to him in Philly and was, yeah, I'm a rapper, man. I'm out of Philly. And he's like, what well, part of Philly? The dude told him whatever part Philly he's from. He's all right. Spit some. Let me hear some. And the dude sounded like he was from the South. Yeah. And I and I think, sadly, I think regionalism in hip hop is dead. For you think it'll ever return? There are pockets of people like YG. If you listen to YG's album, he's straight West Coast. You know, and I love that. That's why I love YG, and I love Nipsey for that too. Because you could tell this is this is where they're from. They're right. from LA, um, but I think you know just with the sound of trap being the the dominant sound, I think everything kind of leans that way. J now. Cole ain't trap though. No, he's not. But. Could you ever? Could you listen to him and be like, "Oh, he's from North Carolina"? No, no you could. I mean, you just because there was there hasn't been enough artists out of. Uh, North Carolina, that you would know what that sound was like. You know what I mean? Right. Um, you would just say it was the South, but he doesn't sound like a Southern. No, he definitely. Um, but yeah, it's. I don't know. I mean, I th- I think you could even like in Chicago, twenty twenty five years ago, you could listen to an artist and tell what side of town they were from. Yeah. Like, if absolutely. you heard Do or Die, you knew they were from the West Side. That's right. You heard Crucial Conflict, you knew they were from the West Side. You heard Common, Kanye, you knew they were from the South Side, right? Right. But now. I think all the sounds have just kind of, it's just been, a, it's one melting pot. Um, and I do miss that. Yeah, me too. Big time. Like a New York dude sounded like a New York dude. And I, and I, you know, and I feel like every few years there's like a New York artist who comes out and people are like, oh, okay. He sounds like he's bringing New York back. He sounds like New York. Uh, but most of the bigger artists out of New York recently just kind of sound like they're from anywhere. Yeah. I think, I think that's part of the, the, the uh, actual plan now because, the music is so big, and it's not a regional music anymore. You yeah. know what I mean? That mm-hmm. you can, you now New York, you you better sound yeah. different, right? You you fucking better. Tory Lanez, any a New York kid, right? No, he's from Toronto. He's, he's from, from like Toronto oh, area. A, no, yeah, yeah. Who's a singing kid? A Boogie's from New York. A Boogie with the hoodie is a New York kid, absolutely. Bronx, like, cause who else is from New York? Nikki's from New York. Nikki's from A Boogie, French Montana. Yeah. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot. A lot of them escaping my mind right now. But do we do got a kid that sing sing rap out of uh, New York? The kid designer from New York. You would yeah. never know. You would have never known he was from New York. Mm-hmm. With that Panda record, I was like, "Where's this? This is another down south record." Said, "Nah, dude from New York." I yeah. Was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "Wow." I just feel like that's part of like you know people just want to be able to get their stuff played and it's got to match the tempo. It's got to match the sound. Of yeah, what's it's got it, it's got to definitely match the sound. And it's just stuff on. is not as as and I, people are gonna be like, "Oh, you sound like an old head when you say," but I just it just it's just not as regionally unique as it as it once was, in my opinion. 
I don't think they're looking for that anymore. No, I they don't care. I think it's just, you know, the shit. How many streams can we get? Like, let, let's Fair, go. I, I follow him uh, on social media all the time. I don't know if, if you're a fan of Plies, but where the fuck is he, is he at musically right now? You know I need what? to interview him. Right, yeah. I mean, he he's good for, like, one song every year, every couple years. He'll put out, like, some kind of song you, that'll you go like viral. Fat Joe, huh? Fat yeah. Joe good for a hit, boy. Forever. <laughs> I love Joey, man. Fat Joe is good for a hit record. I mean, consistently. Yeah. For, you know, <laughs> like, in the beginning of his career, it, was, it wasn't, he wasn't, but fine. when he figured out how to make hits. Yeah. It was over. And how to go to people and get hits. Yeah. And not afraid to let somebody else write for him. Right. Very smart thing to do as yeah, an OG. It's, it's brilliant, man. And very I, smart. I, I think he learned from Puff. Puff was like, I don't write rhymes. I write I write checks. Right. It's very smart for Joe to let Ja Rule write what's love. Right. Go ahead, bro. I'm and that was the one that really put him on the moon. Yeah. That was the record that really did it. Yeah. That's that that's crazy, man. Where do, where do you see uh, hip-hop going as far as the Midwest? Is it still a young man's game? Is this still high school with hip hop? Um, Do you age out? You know, I think, I think, and I hope that we will see more people trying to do like a, a four forty four rap where people will, you know, age gracefully, right? In in, in the genre, I where, was so happy about yeah, that album, and bro. and I know not everybody won, but he did it in a cool way, and I think that kind of will be a blueprint, no pun intended, for others to do that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I hope so, but. Again, you, you, who knows? But you still, I, you're talking about one of the greatest of all time right, right now. You right. Know, Nas can do that. Yeah, and Hove I think can do it. Common can do it. You right. Know, those cats. And I think aging gracefully. I think there. And I and I and I I always hate that people put such an emphasis on age within hip hop. I hate it too. I hate. I mean, I think it's the worst. Like I I I'm not gonna not listen to somebody because they're a certain age. Right. I, I don't care. Now, if somebody is uh, older and they're trying to act like they're a teenager, then that's a different story. I mean, right. I might tune out. But, like, if people are just making music that's true to them, their career and themselves, then... And where they are at that point. Right, I'm like, with it. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, I, I think it was... I think it's, um, you know... Blue it's Ivy important. changed that man's perspective on life. And I knew it was. I yeah. told him that a long time ago. I said, when you have a kid, bro, it's going to be different. He was like, you really think so? I said, yeah, as soon as you have a kid, it's going to be it different. It changed my... When I had kids... Yeah, it changed and I had a daughter. I have two daughters, so, like... It changed my whole everything. It right. changed my not, whole You're not wilding out as much as you no. used to. You got something to live for. Right. Honestly, besides just yourself and your family, I mean, you have two little girls that look up to you as daddy, and that's the most important part of it. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And so so you cool. got to bust your ass even more yeah. and get out here and work. And, like, you, know, you just you just, you just just see the world a little clearer and a little different. At least I did. And um, and I think I, I would like to see that. I, 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 I hate that people, like, try to put, oh, man, he's – He's thirty. He's done. He can't do anything. Like people try to put <laughs> 30 that. Thirty young as hell, so man. So young. It's you. It's so young. I oh mean, my god, thirty is young, bro. But like the rappers, like a lot of the popular rappers that are coming out now, they're like 15, 16, 17 years old. Wow. And this is the first time we really have had an influx of rappers that young coming out because LL used to be like the youngest one. Right. LL was sixteen. That was mad young for us. Wayne. That was super young. That was young. And I we're the same I'm the same age as Wayne. So like right. um that is a different that's a different So like, they're looking at y'all as OGs now in the thirties? Hundred percent. I'm like they're calling me Unk now, they're calling me OG. What's up, big bro? What's up? What's up, Unk? Well, you know What's up, I get OG? That a lot. And but now I'm there, so I'm like, shit, all right, I guess <laughs> you know? 
Right. And, and 30, my, yeah, I'm in, I'm in my, my mid to late 30s, and now I'm I'm OG. So Yo, it's bro, like because you've been in it for a long time. Right, and it's fine, and I I own it. You yeah, know? I own that. Quadruple OG, Ed Lover, Living Legend, Ed Lover. I'll take every bit of that. But it's true though. Yeah. For me to see, that's I, I, I will take it and be happy that I have it, bro. Mm-hmm. Be happy that anybody's still asking my old ass for a picture at these days. I mean, man. that's why I like I had to chill when I saw you. I was so excited to meet you and come do this. Because really, you did change my life. Like, and if it wasn't for Yom TV Raps, I don't know if I'd be doing this now. That put me on everything. I would love for you to come back anytime you want to and talk about it. Yeah, man. I, I, that's what I do, man. And it's just a great honor to meet you. And I would same here. I want to say thank you for honestly everything that you've done. My pleasure, and, and, man. And I don't know if people tell you that every day. I hope they do. They do. But you really, you more, really more, changed my more life. More so man. than not. You know what I mean? I appreciate all the accolades and, and the love and the respect. And it's bro. cool that you're in Chicago. I love Chicago. I, it's really cool that you're here. I yeah. do listen to the show. Thank you. Um, you know, and it, it's it's cool to have somebody like you here, man. Yes. Andrew Barber in the building with me, man. Just come on, son, the podcast. Y'all know, as always, keep God first. Everything else will fall into place. I'll talk at you, with you, to you, and about your ass next week. Don't forget, if you want to go to ComplexCon, you going to ComplexCon, man? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be there. I'll be there. Okay, if you want to go to ComplexCon. You going to be there? Absolutely, because I'm giving away <laughs> tickets on the okay, podcast. Okay, okay, okay. ComplexCon is one of the sponsors. It's a uh, summer series that we're doing, uh, seven summer series. I'm doing, I'm giving away tickets to ComplexCon. All you got to do is hit me at comeonsonthepodcast at gmail.com. Comeonsonthepodcast at gmail.com and tell me why. You want to go to ComplexCon. I always got to tell them, Andrew, I'm not paying for your ticket to come to Chicago. No, no, no. no. I'm you, not putting you in a hotel. You got to figure out how to get yourself here. Right, but I will <laughs> give you the tickets. But I am not paying for your ass to come here. I'm telling you right now, I'm not doing it. If you want to go, come on, son, the podcast at gmail.com. ComplexCon is going to be crazy here, man. Yeah, it'll be cool. It's going to be great people yeah. performing. Yeah. A lot of different, you got to learn a lot of shit. If you want to be in the business, any capacity, you want to learn, this is the place to be. This is the first time they're doing it in Chicago in the Midwest period. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. did it in Long Beach in California. And um, I'm just glad that they're bringing it here, man, because this is a great city. It's thriving. There's a lot of artists here. There's a lot of people that want to know about this business in any capacity. You need to get your ass down here and be a part Mm -hmm. of ComplexCon. Anywhere in the Midwest, Anywhere in the east, anywhere in the south that you live, you need to get here. You don't have to go all the way to the fucking west coast. Yeah, come to the Midwest. Right, come to the Midwest. There's a lot of good <laughs> shit happening in the Midwest, man. Kanye said it right. You know what the Midwest is? Young and restless. Mm-hmm. He ain't lying, bro. So you want to go to Complex Con? Come on, son. The podcast at gmail.com. Just hit, yo, you know what Gmail is. So just hit me up and tell me why you think that you should go to Complex. And if you got some good shit, and I like it, I'll give you two tickets, all right? Until next time. Come on, side. Now get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. My, <laughs> My man. man, thank you. Appreciate you, Yeah, bro. no, thank you for having me. Come on, side, side. This Ed Lover podcast is being done in conjunction with Cigars International. Make sure you check out cigarsinternational.com for all your cigar needs. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Krista Hayes and Kimana Paulus in downtown Chicago. This is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.